That's the Fake Spike Podcast. I believe we're on episode five. Really should check that. But um, we'll uh, do some Jets talk. There's plenty of stuff going on. And we'll uh, give our thoughts on the game. What's going on, Vort? Same old, same old. Happy to be doing another episode. Uh, before we touch on the Jets, I uh, want to get your thoughts on uh, another football development. Great news. Perfect, ideal, amazing, do-no-wrong citizen Antonio Brown gets another chance. And of course, it's with the Super Bowl contenders. What are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I guess if you can still run and catch, a contender will sign you because it's all about winning. It doesn't matter what you do off the clock, huh? Yeah, I think there's two things clear. And we'll make this real quick because I don't want to talk non-Jet stuff. Two things are very clear. One is they need they feel they need to give Brady as many weapons as they can at this stage of his career. And two, they're obviously going for it this year. There's no other way you can even look at this. Agreed. Uh, like you, I don't want to go into it. just wanted to touch base that it looks like he's back in the league. Jumping into the Jets front, uh, I'm actually glad that we're doing this podcast as you advised today instead of uh, yesterday because now we got confirmation that Sam Darnold is back and starting this week. Um when he went down with an injury, <clears throat> at least I thought, you know what, this is kind of as bad as it gets. The team looks terrible. They actually look worse than since he went down injured. The team looks terrible. They traded Bell. They're slowly trading away everybody with the pulse. He's actually coming back to a worse situation than the, what he left off. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm scared to death that Sam Donald's going to make a difference and, <laughs> and spark the team a little bit. And I hate to, I hate to even say that, but um, at this point, it can only help the Jets if Sam Darnold plays well, not only for them for this year, but no matter what happens with whatever decision they, they decide to make, if Sam Darnold plays well, it behooves them because they can either get more for him if they trade him and draft Lawrence or they um, see what they like and then get a bunch of picks for Lawrence and keep Darnold. So um, I, I don't want to see the kid play bad under any circumstances. Um, and I don't think really, I don't think he's going to help much with, with uh, you know, with Captain Moron at, at, at the helm there. You kind of jumped into the topic that I really, really wanted to pick your brain on before we go into predictions, uh, because to me, Sam Darnold has two options or kind of two outcomes. Not only, I don't even want to say options. Outcome number one is he comes back. He tries his best. He's pretty much playing for his job as the starting quarterback of the New York Jets if he wants to have that title beyond this season. The other option is the guy is completely mentally shot. Uh, he feels he has no weapons. He feels there is no coaching. Are we going to see a really just mentally broken young quarterback riding out the season when the, I know there's no exact science to it. I just wanted to see which way you're leaning on this. I don't think we'll see a mentally broken guy. I think he is in good shape mentally. I think physically and mechanically, he's not in great shape. And that is a, a direct testament to coaching and development. Um, I, I haven't seen anything from him, at least consistently. You see some, some things here and there. There's the ghost last year and couple of plays here and there where he does things and you're like, wow, his confidence got to be shot. I don't get the impression he's shot at all. I think he's still making plays with his feet. And if he had a coach who had any brains at all, they would realize that the guy is much better when he's on the move than when he's in the pocket. And they wouldn't try and turn him into a pocket passer, which kind of leads into one of the things I wrote down I wanted to speak about. I heard a, um, I already forgot who it was, but I heard somebody talking the other day. It might've been Brian Costello, because I have a quote from here as well, talking about how Gase learned from Mike Martz and then played with, you know, had Peyton Manning play for him. And those guys are all about stationary offenses, you know, pocket passer, not a lot of guys in motion, not a lot of different, you know, pass routes being, ru being run. It is basically a stationary offense where you are relying on, on your quarterback to, to make, to make plays within a certain framework. And he doesn't adjust. He, you know, it doesn't appear that he's capable of adjusting that. 
he just keeps trying to fit everybody into his game plan, which is all he's learned. And, um, you know, I, I think it was Costello was just going on about how Gase just does not seem to have any ability to adjust his game plan for his players. It's the reverse. So, and that makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because Sam Donald is clearly better when he, when he doesn't have to sit back and think. When, he, when he's on the run, it has to make things happen. He is much more dynamic and makes much bigger plays. This, you just answered my biggest gripe with uh, Adam Gase, besides him, him being a proven moron as far as play calling. My two biggest issues with him, number one, he does not seem to be evolving with the game. I think it's safe to say that unless you got somebody like a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady, and an all-time great, you can see the game is changing towards more mobile quarterbacks, guy who can create with their feet, guys who can run for a first down when the play breaks down. These type of players used to be an anomaly. Now, they seem to be the way uh, of the new offensive NFL. The other big, big thing that you mentioned, I love seeing coaches and the, to me, I believe we were emailing, talking, texting about it. Andy Reid is the perfect example. He's an older guy who's been in the NFL forever, but he continues to evolve. And like you said, he coaches to the strength of his personnel. That's a gift. I think that's a gift. That's a sign of a mature coach. It's a smart coach. It's a seasoned coach. And then you have Adam Gase. Again, going back to what you said, he was around the system that worked back in the day. And he's just stuck to that system. He can't adjust to his players. It has to be, I don't care who I have on my team, they're going to play by this system because in 1996, it had a winning record. And that's what I know. And that's what's going to win us games. It drives me nuts. I think that's just uh, a sign of a coach that's not prepared, not capable, not prepared, and is not a winning coach. So yeah, you kind of answered it right there for me. Well, the other thing is that Costello was talking about is how he believes that Adam Gase is week to week. It is not 100% that he's going to be here at the end of the season. My question becomes, you know, based on what you've seen so far, what exactly do you need to see to say, all right, I've seen enough. We finally have seen what we need to see to get rid of the guy. Because if it wasn't after the Miami game or it wasn't after the Denver game, what exactly are you waiting for? What are you looking for? Because the Jets are winning the turnover battle. They're, they're winning the time of possession, and they're still getting killed. Is there any is there any way it can get worse? What's going to happen when those turnovers kind of equal out a little? Because a bet team is not going to win the turnover battle every time. What's going to happen when the Jets start to lose the turnover battle? You know, how ugly will that be? I was about to say they're going to lose even worse, but does it get any worse than getting shut out by the Miami Dolphins? And that's why right now at this point, every passing week is bringing me closer to a nightmare and realization that – during our first podcast, you were not speaking out of your ass when you said, listen, we got to admit, we hope that's not the case, but the way things are playing out, it at least has to be a possibility. We have to reasonably consider that he might have gotten an assurance of saying, listen, we're blowing it up. It's a disaster. Right out the storm. And then the, yeah, and then the summer, we're going to load you up with the people that fit your schemes. We're going to get the personnel that's more in, aligned with what you're looking for. And next year is, uh, let's see, let's see you turn this around next year, which is a yeah, goddamn too. nightmare. I, 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 but I mean, Mac, I, I, what else do you have to see as a GM, as an, as an owner? If last week doesn't get you fired, if last, can you imagine Jerry Jones 
completely not being in the spotlight if the Cowboys <laughs> played that type of a game. Yeah, we'll go to another sport. George Steinbrenner, you know what I mean? Mark Cuban, yeah, any yeah. of these guys I never, never deal with I that, mean, yeah. at least if I saw the owner come up and say, listen, why know we're not performing the way we expect, the way the fans expe- expect, things have to change, we need to see improvement. Something. There is silence. There is nobody talking about gays being on a hot seat except ESPN Sports Center, which really doesn't Everybody mean much Jets. to me. Yes, exactly. I want to see somebody internally go, listen, I don't care if you're rebuilding. The Dolphins were rebuilding last year. You're looking like a AAA team right now to reference baseball. I'm sorry, but they're looking like a minor league franchise from the top down. And that just, that can't be acceptable. That can't be tolerated. And I'm sure you've been in the, you've seen sports long enough. Sometimes you see the situation where you see the coach is trying and the, the personnel is just not there. The perfect example is the Dolphins last year when they got blown out the first couple of games and a couple of superstars immediately almost texted their agents, get us out of here. But the team stuck together, the guys that wanted to be there. And the effort paid off towards the end of the season. There is no effort. There's, I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's just, it's it's watching a team that's unprepared on so many levels. And when you don't have talent, which the Jets don't have too much of, but when you combine that with the lack of coaching know-how and the lack of desire, this is what you get. You get shut out by the Dolphins. I, I can't imagine that they're keeping him. I, 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 you know, I know I said that and I may have believed it at the time, but I think at this point the Jets just flat out refuse to fire guys during the season. That's the only thing it can be. Plus, I still think they're not willing to admit the mistake. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. But I, I, it can't possibly be that they're giving this guy the team next year. Nobody, not a single person out there that is in the know feels that he's got any chance of staying here beyond the end of the season. He's out on he's out on Black Monday, you know, so we'll, we'll find out. Hey, yeah, we, we've never touched on uh, Trevor Lawrence at all. We've talked about the Jets with the number one pick and tanking and everything else, but five, two-minute conversation. What do you think the Jets should do? So there's really only two choices. There's you get the number one pick, you trade you trade for a bunch of picks, and then you build around Sam Darnold, or you trade Darnold for a pick or two, and you draft Lawrence and build around him. So what would you do? What do you think the Jets will do? I think uh, what I would do and what the Jets will do actually aligns, which I don't know how highly it speaks of me, but every report <laughs> that's coming out about Trevor Lawrence does confirm by the experts that he seems to be that generational type of talent. I believe he's one of those guys that you're just afraid to not draft, even if you drafted a quarterback one or two years before, unless you have a truly established quarterback, whoever, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning in their prime, unless you have that franchise quarterback booked, signed long-term, you cannot pass up on a guy like Trevor Lawrence. That being said, I feel incredibly sad. Sad is like the only word that I can describe for both things. Number one, for Sam Darnold, because nobody's going to convince me he got a fair shake. He got proper coaching. He got proper tools to develop and grow. And in New York market, when you don't have those and you start struggling, the media will eat you alive. So I don't believe he got a fair shake. I believe the guy is still plenty young enough to be a successful starter in the NFL and will have a good career. I no longer believe he's going to be in the New York Jets. I think he's kind of shot uh, and he he will not get an opportunity to turn it around and be the, the man in New York. So I think if everything stays the course, the Jets will end up drafting Trevor Lawrence. If I was in their shoes, I also would draft Trevor Lawrence simply because of the talent uh, and the high bar he set for himself. Um, and then me being a realistic Jet fan, I feel sadness because I know in two years we're going to be talking about who is next after Trevor Lawrence because he never <laughs> developed 
in the Jets. But the those are my thoughts. I think we end up with Trevor Lawrence if I was the GM, and I think in real life we also end up with Trevor Lawrence. Um, what about your thoughts? Where do you see this going? Um, I, I think they'll probably draft Lawrence and trade Sam Donald. I think they'll probably showcase him here in the second half of the season. He's back this week. I think they'll showcase him. I think they will hope that he plays well and you know maybe gets them a win or two. They still keep the number one pick, and then they can get a, a first-round pick for him. Um, obviously, a team in the middle of the pack on up is not going to give him a first-round pick, but your teams at the bottom of the draft might. The Steelers are always in the talk. The Colts should be a playoff team. You know, Whoever else, those guys in the mid-20s on up, uh, the Jets can get a first-round pick. At worst, they get a second-round pick and maybe a fourth or something like that. So, I, I, you know, from the from the pragmatic business standpoint, I draft Lawrence. I tr- um, I trade Donald because Donald's now near the end of his rookie deal, and they're going to have to pay him unless they want to franchise him for a year or two. But they're still going to be paying him a lot, and then they're going to have to make a decision on him either way. If Donald is good enough to have to make them force that decision they're probably not going to be drafting number one again. So, uh, yeah, so it's got to, it's, I think, I think both because Lawrence is supposed to be that guy and Darnold has not shown that much progress in three years and because of the rookie contract coming up and now you've got a potential superstar on a rookie deal for three or four years, I think it's pretty much a no brainer. That's what they're going to do. And like you, I feel extremely sad too. Most of the Jets quarterbacks who have failed, I I couldn't wait to get them out of here. I feel like Darnold could be pretty good. I really like the kid. Um, I just think if you're going to look at this realistically and, and, and really look at it business only and not with your heart, he's, he's going to be out. That's what it is for me. I, yeah, and if he goes to the Steelers, you better watch out because the Steelers know how to develop. He will turn into a, he will turn into a star with the Steelers. I have no doubt about that. And then it'll be it'll be uh, Lawrence Darnold in the championship game a few times, just like it was Brady and Manning. He is one of those players that like when I looked at Mark Sanchez, I didn't see superstar. I saw potential, but I didn't see superstar. I wasn't as convinced when he left New York that this is a guy that's going to be around the league that's going to lead a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, When I see Sam Darnold, I am not writing him off. I see talent. I Maybe just me having blinders, but I think the kid still has a ton of potential. I will put a lot of the blame on the franchise and the, well, not not as much as the franchise, but 99% of it on the coaching. It's just the kid did not get a fair shake as far as the talent around him and as far as the play calling, everything. Everything as far as what the franchise is supposed to give a young quarterback to put him in a position to succeed, the kid got none of it. I agree. I don't put any of it on Sam at all. I put it all on the coaches because they drafted a kid who had turnover issues and, and needed development and they haven't put him in the right position, nor have have they addressed any of his shortcomings in, in any kind of real way? Okay, let's uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the Jets and the Bills this weekend. What are your thoughts? I think it's going to be ugly, and I think it's going to yep. be worse than the 24-point loss to the Dolphins. I hope if the Jets have a backbone and still a little bit of pride, it's going to be very easy to see it in the first quarter or the first half. Because when you get shut out by the Dolphins, you know what? bad week, leaves a sour taste in your mouth, you just got shut out by a division rival. If you still give an ounce, just an ounce for that coach, they'll at least come out fired up. The effort will be there. They'll they'll go down by two scores soon enough and it'll go. But I want to see how they start the game because they should have, I don't I don't want to say a fire, they should have an inferno under, under their asses. They should come out flying. The body language should you and me should be texting each other. Wow, the effort is there. The guys are trying. They came out. They came to play. The reality is, I think they've checked out long ago. 
We're facing a Buffalo team that's pissed off. Uh, they're coming off two losses. We're facing a Buffalo team that has offensive talent, uh, and they have a dual threat quarterback, which is an absolute. It's been and is going to continue to be an absolute nightmare for uh, the Jets. Um, again, the kind of staying the course. I see Buffalo making this a. They're going to put the lid on the game in the first half. Overall, I see another double-digit win. If uh, if Dolphins put up 24, I'll say 33 points for the Bills. Oh, just because I like Sam Darnold and I, I want to root for him, I'm going to go. I'll make my prediction not with my brains, but as with my gut as a fan. I'll say he'll put up 13 points. So 33-13, Buffalo Bills is my prediction. You pretty much, I mean, you, you your analysis and your score are so close to mine, it's not even funny. Uh, so I, I won't I won't spend a lot of time. It's, it's very much the same as yours. Buffalo's angry. They lost two straight. They're much better than the Jets. And uh, we've seen in recent weeks that the Jets have trouble with um, with top receivers matched with with mobile quarterbacks and you know Allen's going to run like crazy and when he doesn't if he's going to have time because the Jets never get to the quarterback he's going to have time to find digs um so this it could get ugly uh, I think Darnold will come in and I think he'll 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 put a couple of scores on the board whether they're you know all touchdowns or not but I had it something like uh, Buffalo get will get three touchdowns and a defensive score a couple of field goals so I had it at 34 uh and I think the Jets will score a touchdown because I think Donald will make a little bit of a difference wow. couple of field goals. So I had it I had a 34, 13, 30 to 13, something like that. So we're we're in the same ballpark. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to handle Buffalo angry after two straight losses, you know, with the division on the line and, you know, Miami right up their butts like that. So I think it's going to be uh, more of the same. Um, I don't know if the Jets will come out strong or if it'll be ugly from the beginning. I'm not prepared to do that because they surprise me with with their ineptitude every week. But I agree with you. At the end of the at the end of the day, uh, it'll be a, a 20 point Buffalo win, and and, and you know his you know Adam Gase's you know 135,000th freaking double digit loss in his career. So I'm there with you, man. Curious to see at what point does he actually show some emotion, change his facial expression, and uh, actually files a legal separation from his play card because he does not let go of that thing for the life and ever since you mentioned that i pay attention to it it's like it oh my god it's uh, he has a closer relationship with that card than his wife he just does not he, let he that thing go he doesn't, yeah he doesn't interact with his players at all i mean he's just looking at that card turns it around looks at it again he'll sit on the bench and look at it i mean i don't know what he is doing on that card it's just i would love to be in like standing next to him or like the little the little angel on his shoulder looking over to see what he's doing. I would love to see what he's doing, but it's certainly not uh, preparing the team for for a for a um you know uh, some kind of uh, game adjustment. That's for damn sure. I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up this episode. Uh, okay. What is the best case scenario for the outcome for this game? Because I know neither of us is crazy enough to say that Jets are going to pull off an upset. That's how far we've fallen, but. For you as a fan, as somebody who is knowledgeable, as somebody who knows the game and somebody who loves the Jets, what's what do you foresee as like, what's the best case scenario for the Jets this week? Because for me, I'm at a point where like, if the Jets score two offensive touchdowns, I don't care if they lose by 30 points. To me, that's that's like the best case scenario. The Jets lose by, by less than 20 and they actually score two offensive touchdowns. That'll qualify to me as progress and movement in the right direction. Um, I say best case, yeah, best case is progress. They keep it close and then lose late. If uh, Allen is inaccurate and turns the ball over and the Jets defense steps up and Donald has a good game, then maybe they could keep it close in a low scoring game because they're not going to win a shootout. Um, so, okay. So the best case is Allen has a bad game, turns the ball over, 
or the Jets hit him and he gets hurt or something and has to miss the game or half the game. Uh, Darnold plays a great game. The defense plays well. The Jets lose a tight one, 17-14, 17-13. That's, that's my best-case scenario. Um, okay. You know, okay. Worst-case scenario is Darnold doesn't even play well and the, and the slide continues and the Jets lose 41 to nothing. You know what I mean? That's, that, yeah. that can happen too. Yeah, I'll go with my best case. I, I just I don't believe the defense has the talent uh, to stop what Buffalo is bringing to the table. So I'll go with just my best case scenarios to see the offense show some life. And listen, we got four quarters. Let's see if we can somehow maybe off a turnover, maybe off a good punt or a kickoff return. Let's see if we can get a couple of touchdowns and remember that feeling. We'll see. All right, man. Well, you uh, have a great weekend. I'm sure we'll try and do something Sunday night after the game. Have a great one, bud. Be safe. Bye.